going into just the idea of like the the theme for this year what would you call this the year of well you guys know me i'm, I'm gonna call it the year of rubber hmm Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be recapping uh, the Elite North Round 2 tournament that took place this past weekend, and returning to the panel is Rebecca, Mark, and Eric. Guys, thank you so much for hopping on, and per usual, let's just go ahead and start with some real quick introductions, starting with you, Rebecca. All right, well, I'm Rebecca Schaffel. I play for Final Justice, and I do both open and pinch. Awesome. Mark Trapetti, Chicago Task Force. Just open this round. No pinch. Going to come back to that for sure. <clears throat> Eric Stone, Captain T.C. Bush, and we just played open for round two. Awesome. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for, for being willing to uh, to kind of recap and, and you know basically revisit what happened uh, last weekend. Um, got a lot of questions, but um, kind of want to lead in with you know your, the typical what was your biggest takeaway, and um, kind, of, kind of quote... Um, Nico Nodal, um, just from his article that I think released relatively soon or recently with the Tribune, but he said, um, the biggest takeaway for me is easily the fact that in order to grab those top four spots in a region, your team's best play is required on a much more consistent basis. Um, do you guys kind of echo that? I mean, starting with you, Rebecca, like going from round one into round two, do you think that's kind of the same or what were your biggest thoughts from round two? Um, I definitely agree that you need to play a lot more consistently, especially with the single ELIM format. You don't have the room for error to maybe be in a close match and let the match slip away from you because you're not going to get that second chance like dropping to loser's bracket. Um, So you definitely see a higher, I feel like almost more intense level of play because of that. But yeah, main thoughts, I agree on that. Gotcha. And then, just what were your, what was your overall? I guess that was like kind of two questions at once. So my bad. But what was your overall impression for round two? Just from, you know, how how North has been developing, what round one felt like versus round two. Honestly, I think right now we're at a very big turning point, and for what the North has been known for, it was a bit of a, I guess I'd say almost a backtrack because we had so many teams drop from pinch. But for open, it definitely seems like it's still progressing from round one to round two in terms of play competition teams i mean we had alpha come up and play with us we had a couple other teams show up that were really great it just in terms of looking at pinch in the north and how pinch has been like the staple of the north and seeing i believe it was seven teams not play this round was definitely a statement and a bit of a regression from what the north i feel like has been doing yeah, really, really going to address that too because I, I got some questions about pinch in general. So, especially after talking to the uh, NCDA guys, so definitely want to push that once we get into pinch. Um, were you saying earlier like one of the one of the the challenges that you had was you went straight from like a tough match, I think it was like notorious, into dynasty off the bat, or yeah? So elimination rounds, we played notorious in opening round of elims we went to game seven ended up winning in game seven but the match took 40 minutes and it was so long that they got through two other elimination matches and had six minutes to spare 
we calculated off of our live stream checks and we had to go straight into playing our second match after a 40 minute straight of play. So it was definitely really tough for us. I mean, I'm proud of our guys for still sticking in and going. It, it was two, two. We ended up just letting it slip away, but two of our guys were hurt. So we were basically playing dynasty with our two best players down. And just coming straight off of a match against notorious, which I imagine is still a pretty tough team. Yeah. Uh, one of those matches or one of those points, I should say, to correct myself, um, Kevin Nguyen, our captain, had a one-on-one against Mike Riley that lasted for about, I want to say, five minutes. And it just absolutely gassed both of them. But that took a part of it. We had a lot of swings that we'd go from four-on-two for a catch to go to three-on-three, and then the team that had just made the catch would throw a catch and get it back to four on two. And the same thing, it just kept going. There were just plays that would be made to keep each team alive. And everybody definitely wanted to play hard because, you know, you don't want to go home in those situations, but it definitely killed us not having a break and going straight into our next Elam game. From what you can remember, do you think, was that like an issue during round one? Um, Maybe not an issue, but was that like a scenario that you guys found yourself? And you can chime in too, Mark and Eric, um, just the amount of time you have to wait from your next match or from your last match to the next one. Um, and I only ask because it, it, it seems like you guys have less teams than West. So I'm just basing it off of that. Cause in my experience, there's always a lot of downtime before you hop into the next round. So. Yeah. So I don't think it was as much of a problem in round one. I think it solely was in pinch in this round because there were only eight teams that you just kind of got, stuck in the okay well we're gonna keep this going and at that point also you don't expect an elam match mm. to take over 40 minutes yeah it's probably the the um for like a better words like the anomaly that happened i guess but yeah i guess we'll see what happens come round three and again definitely want to i'm stopping myself from getting the pinch right away because I, I definitely want to save that for for later but um let's move on to, to you mark and same same thing dual question um you know, coming from round two, would you agree with Nico? It's, I mean, you still have to basically bring your, your A game in order to hang and, and get a, a top four spot. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think seeding is huge in the single elimination. And I think we could all see that throughout the tournament and just not, not that anyone takes it too lightly, but everyone's a little more locked in. And you know, the higher seed you get, the better, better chance you get to advance quickly into the, uh, the semis and the finals, like uh, with 15 teams, if you've got w- one of the buys, which there might have only been one by, that that buy into the second round gets you that much closer to a place. And uh, obviously that's the most important thing. Gotcha. Oh, good. And then in terms of, I guess, takeaway, it's just like the, my biggest takeaway is just like the parity keeps showing in the North. Like we had, Alpha come who is predominantly a UDC team and they had took the one seed into the uh, bracket. It's just surprised everyone. Yeah, that's that's another thing I'm kind of waiting, but uh, definitely gonna pocket that one for 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 the once we get past the the impressions. But um, real quick question: so you didn't participate in pinch this round? Are you able to say why or? Uh, we took kind of a team vote beforehand, just came up with a no. Gotcha. Uh, 
I think a lot of it has to do with some lingering injuries that some of our guys have been dealing with from pinch. And just if we're if we're gonna play it, we want to be fully committed to it, not kind of just go in half and if you go in half, you're gonna get wounded and pinch, so yeah, I think you're gonna pay for it. Um fair enough. And then um moving to you, Eric, um do you kind of share Nico's sentiment going into round two? Yeah, yeah, I love the single elimination format. Um yeah, I think it just makes the matches more intense, um, makes round robin more important, of course. Um, I think, you know, the only negative or bad side of it so far is that you might not get to play as many teams. Like, for example, we haven't even played Dynasty yet this year at all. Um, it's kind of funny just to think that we could possibly go the entire North season without Bush and Dynasty ever playing once. Um, I feel like that's just the round robin schedule. And then, you know, you only have that one path with single elimination. So, you know, you're only going to see those teams on your side and kind of however that draws out from round robin, that's, that's your path. Um, but I, we, we, we like it. I mean, we've, done pretty well with it so far too um i also think it's a lot easier for spectators i know elite doesn't really put too much into kind of you know making a show out of the tournaments or the league or you know offering too much to spectators but i think as far as people following online or social media i think a single elimination bracket is a lot easier to follow than a double elimination bracket yeah, and even just like covering it and looking at it, and I, I think I made this comment before in one of the previous uh, panels. It's like just solely on a let's look at this bracket and see what happened. It's so much easier to follow and track and kind of you know shape the story of a team or or teams instead of like okay they lost in this round, but then they went back to like the losers bracket right. and they hacked their way through. And it's just um, right. there's a story there, of course, but this just makes it easier to follow. And I I think that just kind of streamlines everything. So. Definitely, um, yeah. Probably more consistent with other, you know, competitive sports out there too. Yep. Although you do see some double elimination out there in professional sports. I just forgot, or I just forgot. I just remembered. Like, oh, go ahead. Or, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like tennis, I think has double elimination at at different tournaments. I could be wrong about that. I I'm new to tennis, but tennis is so weird. Oh, <laughs> The scoring system is strange. Do they really have like the one love, two love scoring system, or is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I lied to it. Well, as a kid? love, love fifteen. Yeah, love. Yeah. That's so weird. Deuce. Yeah, they have own little language around the scoring system for sure. Well, it's a rabbit hole for another time, I suppose. Um, are you are you playing for like conditioning, or you just just had like an interest in it? Oh no! So I haven't been playing, but I've kind of. I think it was ever since like the Osaka. Uh, U.S. Open run and kind of the Serena meltdown. I've just really gotten into watching and following tennis since then. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love watching sports, so it's just kind of something I just got into. Gotcha. Huh. But not, yeah, I haven't, haven't played it for years. I played it a little bit when I was younger, um, but just kind of getting into it as a fan, I guess. Gotcha. How about you, Rebecca and Mark? You guys into tennis at all? or? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> I've, tr- I've tried to play a few times, but 
didn't didn't go well. So we have two of our FJ members used to play tennis, but that's about as far as we'll go. Like they'll bring it up in conversation sometimes, and that's all we'll really get into tennis. Gotcha. Yeah, let's uh again let's not talk about tennis. I'll, I'll stop myself now. But um, going back to the original questions, um, and you did have some notes. We can kind of maybe blend the two, but. What was your impression or your biggest takeaway from round two? Like, what what are your thoughts now that it's over and, and done with Eric? Uh, well, I guess the biggest thing would be, um, you know, about half of the region has dropped out of pinch. Um, so the pinch division was um, smaller than usual. So I think, you know, just talking to the other captains of these teams, um, you know, and they're not new teams or you know rookie teams who don't know how to play i mean these are teams that have been around the north since the very beginning um and i think we're just tired of pinch um we want to play another style right now we're kind of trying to get a no sting division set up that'll run you know at the same time as the pinch division right um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that was, I guess that was the biggest difference. I mean, otherwise it was, you know, task force Bush in the final, um, you know, again, and I mean, it's a great tournament. I love playing in the North. Um, but I guess the biggest difference would be, um, you know, about half the region sitting out pinch. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of just like, just chomping the bit to like talk about it. And I, I, I do want to save it for when we get into pinch. So, uh, patience if anyone wants to know because there's so many other things that that lead up to like what i want to talk about to include some of the common threads from one of the live streams so i'll do my best to stay on yeah. topic but uh man you said some some things here in these notes that i really want to dig into so if i forget them i underlined and bolded them so should not forget them but um i guess uh i guess that's probably the biggest difference but uh rebecca do you have any other differences that that you noticed um because i have a couple just from my perspective what i saw but um anything else aside from you know the big elephant in the room with pinch um i think the biggest thing would be alpha coming in and just dominating i mean granted they ended up getting fourth but they lost their first match and didn't lose another round robin match and they played down a player the entire day so to see a UDC team like that come in and just, you know, kill it on their first region of um, the North in open was, I think, a huge impact on the North to realize, like, wow, we got a lot to do, you know. Is this a, was this a brand new team addition to, um, was it Air Patrol and Family? Fam- One or two of them were family, I think. Yeah, yeah, no Air Patrol. Air Patrol is um, some local Minneapolis guys. Okay. Uh, but a couple of the family guys. And then I think there's some relation there with the UDC team Hazard. That formed Alpha or? F for Alpha, yep. Okay. For the team Alpha, yep. Yeah, I know they had um, Ralph Robinson and Zach Berry come and play for Alpha. But I think it also like they said, was Hazard and um, part of family. The only person I know from Hazard, Matt Levine, Matt Levin. 
he plays for Gamecocks up in the north now. Hmm. I okay. think if I'm remember, remembering correctly, Mark and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ralph was also on Hazard for UBC. I'm trying to, because I... I don't know Ralph too well. I recognize the face, but couldn't yeah, tell you what team you played for. I think if I remember correctly from like his Facebook pictures, he's from Hazard. I know last round, Jake Kelly played with the, that group, and he's on Hazard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I thought I was going to the, the other thing was uh, it was Alpha, Blitz, and Hasbins all played the entire day with five guys. Yeah, they did. So there was multiple teams who couldn't field six-man rosters for this tournament, which was the first time we've kind of seen that. Yeah, it's kind of it's a, just kind of strange. Strange and like uh, for me, just kind of alarming a little bit. Like, hopefully, it's not a trend. Uh, was there a lot of like work issues? I think if, if I was reading the threads correctly, or do you know if that was interfering with some of the teams being able to to play either division? I saw some of the threads talking about scheduling's been tough. Just the timing of the North tournaments, right? Because there's a lot yeah. of college graduations going on around this time, and. Yeah, well, that's all I was we can say chalk it up to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I know there's um an NCDA team that's established out of Ball State with Kevin Fry that is supposed to be coming, but a lot of their team members can't make it due to what Mark said, like graduation, final dates, everything like that. And I think even Legacy had somebody missing, and they picked up some subs for this round just to make sure they had a full roster. Kevin Fry. So I think his team is um, Legion. Is it Legion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to kill me if I don't remember that. Um, must be nice to be a kid again and have to worry about graduation and stuff to get in the way. But um, so Matt, Matt Levine, he was not part of the Hazard team that was part of Alpha. That wasn't him? No. He played with Gamecocks again. That's right. Okay, I'm Matt sorry. Matt Levine. Yeah, because yep. I don't know if you guys can see. I'm just going to show the picture. Like, this guy always pops up on my Facebook. So just, like, blaringly. I cannot get the biohazard thing out of my mind. But, um, alrighty. Well, we'll move on from from Alpha. Yeah, because I was, when I saw them, and I think a lot of people were taken kind of just by surprise. Like, everyone wanted to know, like, who was Alpha when we saw the Cs and we saw them take number one. And do you think, uh, do you think we'll see more UDCs coming in or more UDC teams coming in? Because I think that puts us at, is that three now? Total that came into uh, open from UDC? Yeah, I think we'll definitely start seeing more because unfortunately UDC is not going to happen. So Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Elite could fill the competitive dodgeball void people are seeking. Okay. Yeah, I think... The trouble running into is I think a lot of these UDC teams, you know, I'll use family as an example. Um, They're a former UDC team and they came out to North round one and seemed ready to commit to the season um, and did fairly well um, in 8.5. But talking to their captain and some of their players, you know, they're just not experienced with 8.5. And, you know, it's a big, I think, Going up to 8.5, there's definitely a big learning curve. I can share that from my own experience of playing 7-inch foam for, you know, like 
two plus years straight and then trying to play 8.5, like it's definitely a big hurdle. Um, but I think, you know, if there was a no sting division in the North, I think a lot of these teams would come out, um, you know, talking to family, they didn't come out to round two. It was, you know, for reasons that they just didn't have enough experience with 8.5 and just didn't feel confident with it, you know, but talking to them, you know, they would definitely be interested if there was a no sting division, you know, they would be interested in coming back out. And that's what you said. So like in your notes, you're like, we want no sting. There are good teams out there who would join the North if there was a no sting division. So since you're kind of like not really into pinch, um, and I don't mean to like put you on the spot, but would you, would you, is it fair to say that there'd be more teams coming because of no sting versus teams that are coming because of pinch in your opinion? Um, it's tough to say we haven't tried it. Um, you know, we haven't really tried there hasn't been anything else offered to bring people out in the North. You know, it's been open and pinch, um, right. you know, with the idea that the NCDA is the feeder. Um, and when you just have those two divisions, you know, you don't open it up to other possible feeders that are out there, you know, other leagues and, you know, UDC or whatever it might be. Um, so I, you know, it's, I don't, know if it really matters you know like which one would bring you know more teams in or you know for me it's just about the level of competition you know i would much rather have 14 you know solid teams who are competitive and experienced and you know who are gonna you know give me a good match than have you know like 20 plus teams of you know just players who are you know, we're just going to wipe the floor with in under five minutes. Right. I don't know. That's, that's, that's my thing, you know? And I think, I mean, I feel like we have that competitive core in the North. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when you, when you've played elite for so long or long enough, you, I think a lot of people will, will share that there's, there's just no fun in beating a team that has no idea what they're doing. No, no, a- absolutely not. You know? And you know, and I, I get it. You want to like grow the sport, but at, at the same time, this is supposed to be like the highest level of the sport, you know? So, I mean, at what point do you <laughs> just kind of keep it to the most competitive teams, you know, or have some kind of qualification criteria? Interesting you, know? you said that. I got to shoot you a message later and just had a randomly popped up, but yeah, you're right. Cause it's, you know, it's elite. And I remember it's it had its roots from, you had to be invited. You were, you were invited oh, yeah. as part of the eight uh-huh. teams. Absolutely. It was an invitational and only certain teams got invited to it. Cause I remember when we started playing, you know, competitively and traveling back in, I don't know, like 2012, 2013, you know, I kind of like saw the videos of elite and stuff. And I, I was just kind of waiting, you know, on the sidelines, kind of just waiting for my invite, you know, like when's the one hoping, <laughs> hoping we would be kind of good enough to maybe get an invite, you know, out to this thing, um, you know, and now it's just like, you know, everyone signs up and I don't know. I, I think there's too many teams in elite personally. That's a little s- bigger soapbox. You know, when you look at nationals and you've got just a, you know, ton of teams and it's like, yeah, I guess that's great. But you know, where's the, where's the competition, you know, like where's the, where's the, where's the core. 
Right. Well, I know for the first time this off season, like even Mark was starting to mention the possibility of one day, maybe divisions with like a relegation system and a promotion system, like uh, the premier league and hearing that idea and thinking about that, like that sounds super interesting to me when you have all these teams, but I know that it just takes time to logistically figure that out. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because he, he did mention that. And, and I think it was like the nationals recap. One of the episodes he, he mentioned that's where he feels it's going to lead to, to kind of solve that problem. And you also give these new teams that are, to be fair, they're, they're playing on an elite level. If they're if all they know is their local like rec league or their bar tournaments to to come into play in a sport that takes it very seriously, it's kind of like elite in its own right. If they stay in that pool, but that way that gives them a chance to like grow and not just get completely wrecked by by teams like Crisis or or you guys or uh, teams that have been around for a long time. And because again, like it's not fun for the team that's playing against a weaker team. But it's also not fun if you're just, you know, shelling out your money and, and losing. You're just like, well, I don't want to come back. And um, I think that might be a good solution. Like you said, Mark, it's probably just requires a lot of logistics. And I know every time we, we ask for, like, a new division, like, Mark will say, well, that, that just buys, like, you know, 18 more hours of this, and it costs that, and now I need the manpower to do this X, Y, Z, and whatever. So I imagine within, like, two or three years we'll probably see that. So maybe that will alleviate that problem. But uh, I agree with you, Eric. Like, it's just um, – Right. It's great to have the numbers. It's great to have that many teams show up. It's definitely better to see them handled better than what I'm used to with the NDL. But at the same time, like if I'm going to go to lead with the expectation of playing against the best, I don't want to have to take it easy on a team because I feel bad for them. Like it's just uh, right. Absolutely. I think we all share that sentiment. Um, one of the difference I noticed um, since Rebecca took mine about Alpha, I was like, yeah, I got one, but. Uh, it was the the more streaming. I feel I feel like that was done more than at least with West uh, round two, and I think that was because maybe the signal was bad. But just from what I was able to see, it just felt like there was more streaming attempts or more people doing the streams. Do you guys feel that that way, or was there any reason to stream more? Or we're kind of talking about like the the viewers um, online, but uh, can anybody kind of speak to that one? I think there's just been a good group of like teams and individuals have really taken it upon themselves to to stream out that stuff. And I think a lot of it has grown with some of the, the guys like Dylan Felix and Kevin, who have been responsible for getting more of the NCDA games streamed as well. And that they've got this process down and there's just more teams willing to do it. I know uh, Rebecca, you guys streamed a lot of your games as well. Yeah, we basically used it because we have our social media platforms now in Facebook and Instagram and everything, which same with Gamecocks, Dynasty, Task Force, everything, that it also kind of promotes our specific team. So I think that was another thing that was good that all the teams are doing is they're also trying to get their names out there for other regions like the West or the South or the East to notice them and, you know, get likes and follows on their page as well. Because one of our reasons we did it was more so for publicity to get more people going to our page so we can be seen as more active in the elite community. Nice. Yeah, I was actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mark, because I, I wondered if the NCDA and how they've been treating their content lately and with bringing Mad City into their streams for the finals, if that had any influence on you guys, if that carried over or transitioned into uh, to, your, to, to the North region for the rounds and... Um, that's a really good point, Rebecca. Like, what's the point of having a Facebook page if it just okay. sticks there and you get likes? But if you're constantly 
promoting stuff and constantly using uh, content and footage. You never know who's watching. And so I'm sure that's, you know, what Mark and Glenn had been asking for for years. And it's good to see that it's, it's finally starting to stick. And it's crazy. Like, I remember streaming something for, um, I think it was like Bells of the Balls, like one of the final matches. Um, and some people that are that don't play dodgeball were, were tuning in. And I was like, ah, oh, this is weird. Like, people are watching what I'm doing. But you never know. Like, you never know who, who logs on. Um, so it's definitely something that, that's good to see. And it's, I mean, there's always people hard up for streams. Like, everyone will always say, hey, who's streaming? Because we, if we're sitting around not doing anything, you want to watch dodgeball. So it's a good thing. It's a good change I like to see. Hope there's more of it. And um, I think that was, I think those two were the only changes I saw. But between the pinch issue, alpha, more streaming, and, um, was there any other big changes or big differences um, from this round? We can start with uh, with Mark. I think I don't know if you got a chance to chime in yet. Uh, not too many differences outside of those things. I would just say, kind of, kind of going along with the parody thing I talked about earlier. I just think I feel like I'm I'm noticing that some of these teams who had came in from the college levels as pinch players there a couple of these teams are really they've hit that like year or two mark where I think they're starting to get open and the competition in open I just feel like is is taking another step up this year nice and Rebecca you're nodding one of the things I want to ask is is Jordan so would you say like he's kind of getting He's getting open now. Like, can you kind of talk about it through his experience, like going from NCAA pinch to playing elite based uh, dodgeball? Can you kind of see that? What Mark's talking about? Yeah, um, I agree with that. Were you asking for like a specific player in their progression? Yeah, and I, is, or, is Jordan one of them? Or oh, are you talking Peyton, the one that I've talked to you about? God, what do I keep saying is Jordan. Yes, Peyton. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Peyton definitely has seen a dramatic change and I think Mark and Eric can agree to that that I mean the kid's a phenomenal athlete to begin with but to see him go into his second year of elite and really understand the methodical processes behind playing open and playing open in a competitive atmosphere that is elite where everybody else is also a good athlete he's taken a whole nother level to the game and he's kind of had uh, progress that's helped him both from elite to NCDA and NCDA to elite where he can apply things from elite to his NCDA game to become better and apply you know that steady progress of yearly NCDA practice and everything to stay in shape for elite which the kid I mean the kids the sky's the limit for that kid it's crazy to think that he's only been playing for a year and that he'll I, I'm terrified to see how hard he throws and what he does in the next five years when he grows into his adult body Jesus yeah the <laughs> fact that he just turned 20 like two weeks ago is insane oh my god i mean three well four of our guys at elite are 20 or younger uh for round two so it and they've all been playing for a year or less so it's gonna be crazy to see this team in the next couple of years that's awesome. And the, and the reason why I honed in on him is because, yeah, you've been sending me footage of him just owning people. Yeah, like, he's been uh, wrecking some kids in the NCDA. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I'm not about violence, but at the same time, I can't pass up what looks like an incredible throw. Just acknowledge greatness when I see it. But, like, what you are saying, Mark, is 
I'm thinking people like Peyton are kind of like, as you said, they're, they're kind of elevating the competition that much more. And it's good to see that it, it's starting to integrate more with, uh, with elite teams, our elite players, um, NCDA and elite. But <clears throat> I wanted to, to go into the, uh, the actual seeds and just kind of looking at some of the teams that, that changed with regard to like ranking or, or performance. And we kind of already talked about alpha, but, um, looks like Boosh looks like you guys stayed the same Eric um was there any any differences with your team lineup or I mean how how'd you guys fare this round um only difference with the roster would be that I was back on the team um we yeah did pretty well um it felt we definitely felt like you know, we were out of practice a little bit. We, we didn't really practice at all between rounds, which we typically do. Um, we kind of had this joke going that we weren't going to practice again until we lost because practice kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> just saying that seems so like the opposite we, of any team. Just, yeah. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> so we lost. So now we got to start practicing again. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess um, Kraken and, and Task Force were dominant in round robin and, and two owed us. Otherwise, we, we swept through round robin. Um, it's kind of difficult to get a grasp on the seedings, too, because everyone had such a different schedule. Um, and I don't know if they were really weighted too evenly, although I shouldn't say too much because I haven't really looked into them a lot, but you know, for example, Alpha, I think they had the top seed, but I mean, I don't know how many of like the top four teams that they played during round robin. Right. Um, so kind of, you know, the strength, there's, I think there's a strength of schedule component that is going to become more and more like important and looked at probably closer now that we have single elimination and seeding matters so much because it kind of does matter who you're scheduled against in round robin. And um, Colin and Tony have done a great job of like setting up the schedule and running the North, um, you know, so it's not an issue, but I, I mean, I honestly have no idea how they make the schedule. If it's just like completely random or if they do try to wait it. Um, and I guess I'm really not even too concerned about it enough to even ask them about it, but uh, yeah. But it kind of has I an guess. impact on potential seating. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because if you, you know, if it is just randomly generated and you end up playing like all the top teams, you know, and then someone else ends up just playing all the bottom teams, well, you know, that's going to affect seeding. And I, I, I would imagine there's some kind of weighting that goes into the round robin schedule, but I, I can't say that for a fact. I, I'm not sure. So you mentioned that because in the in the recap with uh, for open um, that I recorded last night with uh, Ryan and Bill and. Um, and Joe, they mentioned that they mentioned like the the strength of the pools in round robin. You could tell there's a there's a difference, um, and then going into to brackets. So you know you had one side where it didn't really have some of the like the heavy hitters um, versus the other round where it looked like it was a little bit easier for certain teams. And so not only did was seeding impacted by that, but also just the overall outcome because if you throw Rise, Crisis, and um, I don't know some other team some other really good team from LA um, together, you know, they're all going to eliminate each other by the time they get to, you know, that upper, right. the upper level. So, and I right. think 
in terms of methodology, at least with Mark for, for West, um, he basically just did the opposite of round one. So like he, I think he's trying to make sure that each team gets to play each other. So if you look at like, however the round robin was set up for round one, it was reversed for round two. But I don't know how, um, I can't speak for like Felix or Collins or how they did it, but I think yeah. um, that's probably one of the things that will look, be looked at moving into, uh, if not round three, the next year is just, okay, single elimination works, but now we got to refine it. And I, that's like one of the better things about Elite is it's still evolving. And now we're just seeing those fine tweaks. It's not like, oh crap, we didn't have enough balls or we used the wrong one. It's okay, how do we fine tune real specific right. details? So. Right. It's definitely gonna be interesting. Um, you said you got to you got to play against Notorious though in eight point five. Um, I don't think we got to play Notorious either. No. No. Yeah, because it looks like um, they stepped up. They took fifth um, last round. Stepped up, got third, and yeah. then we did play Notorious last round in round robin. I remember that. Um, but we didn't we didn't have Notorious on our round robin schedule, or meet up with them in playoffs this round. We played them in a round robin. They two owed us actually. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember how how they looked? I mean, two O is probably it's saying a lot. But um, do you remember anything specific from from that match against them? Uh, they were just able to kind of push their pace on us. Gotcha. And uh, it was a pretty quick two O because. They've got arms all over the place, and if you can't control the game and keep any sort of ball control, they're they're just going to tee off on you. Gotcha. And so, since we're we're kind of on on task force, um, and I'm not trying to call you out, but so you you seated first last round, took fourth this round. What uh, what was the biggest change, uh, especially because you guys ended up taking um, turning around completely. But um, can you kind of speak to what the difference was for you guys, at least during round robin? Uh, I think we played pretty well during round robin. I think it just ended up being there was a lot of lot of teams bunched together that lost two matches. And so it kind of went to the tiebreakers. Gotcha. Uh, and then we just we started clicking in the elimination bracket, that's for sure. Like, obviously we've had... We, our roster with three new guys from task force last year. And I think we've come together pretty quick and yeah, I'll say, yeah, we, we played really well during the elimination break and we were very happy with, with how this round went. And that's the thing is like you, you guys came together when it mattered the most because you're walking with the championship. So I mean, seating is one thing, but the final outcomes is something completely different. Um, what about you, Rebecca? So I'm noticing a change. You went from eighth to 11th. Um, how were you guys looking during round Robin? So, with us, we had a lot of roster changes for round two. We had um, two guys that one was our best catcher that we have in Cam Caldwell, and then one of our other OG members in Andre Hamilton. They couldn't make it, and they're two huge pieces to our starting lineup. So, we picked up two brand new players to try and introduce them to Elite and bring them along. And we had Kevin was hurting and Peyton was hurting because we are pretty recently off of NCDA nationals. I think it is three weeks ago, but it's a two day tournament that's nonstop and you're throwing even extra five feet of throw line and a way bigger court. So you're hurting for a while. If you're taking a bulk of the workload, we just kind of, you know, got the new guys in for their reps, let them work everything out 
and tried not to hurt our guys more than they already were. Um, we kind of took a dip. Yeah. But I'm still happy with how those guys played because again, two of those guys, that was their second ever elite tournament. And two of those guys, it was their first ever elite tournament and we were missing, you know, two guys. So overall, you know, said and done, watch film, practice it, talk about it, figure out what's going on, make sure these guys are doing okay and understanding what they should be doing for round three and just get ready for the next round. That's awesome. Just bringing more people into, into the fray, so to speak. Oh yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and go into uh, some of the actual teams from the elimination round uh, for open. And uh, I wanted to start with um, your matchup, Mark, uh, with you guys against Dynasty. Um, can you kind of walk me through how that how that happened, like how it went down? Yeah, I think the the biggest takeaway for for me from that match was just uh, we as Task Force did a really good job of just not making mistakes because Dynasty is a team that very good, and any mistake you make, they will make you pay for. Uh, it helped. They didn't have Jalen Gardner there this round, who was their best catcher. So that was nice to not have to worry about having to throw anything at him. Uh, They did have Kevin Bailey back for this round, but he did seem a little rusty uh, after coming back from rehabbing an elbow injury. So I think they're getting back to normal, but I would say the biggest takeaway was just like, we didn't, we got up and we just didn't give them the chance to get back in the game, which plenty of times when I've played them before we do let them get back in the game. Yeah. It's almost like you said, I, I they seem like a very methodical team. So as long as you kept that uh, momentum and, and didn't slip up, uh, looks like you again, and looking at the single elimination matches or scores like a four to one doesn't necessarily say shut out, but it, it for me, it kind of communicates a, a pretty uh, deliberate win. So it sounds like you guys just had their number that day and, I'm curious to see what will happen when Kevin's fully reformed and you guys have, or they have uh, Jalen back. So we'll see what round three yeah. looks like for them. Um, when, when we needed a catch, we got a catch. When we needed a counter, we got a counter. It's just I, everything fell in line for us that game. Nice. Everybody did their their assignment, so to speak, or everybody yeah, pretty much performed how they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Um, let's go to you, Eric. Um just kind of wanted to know about how Kraken went, how that matchup. I don't have the score, but uh, can you kind of walk me through that match? One. Oops, I'm sorry, man. You're muted. <laughs> oh, you got me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. Um, the final score was 4-1 um, versus Kraken. They handled us pretty easily in round robin. They 2 owed us in round robin. Um, and then I think come playoff time, we were on another gear and, and ready to go. Um, and yeah, ended up, ended up playing pretty well when it, when it really mattered. Did you guys change your strategy against them or was it just, as you said, when it came playoff time, you guys kind of just switched into a new or different mindset or different, um, different performance or, you know, I haven't been able to watch the of the footage on our round robin match to see exactly what happened there. Um, but I think we were an elimination. I know we were hitting our spots really well. Uh, 
you know, we weren't getting caught. And I think, I, I think we just, we just finished really well. You know, I mean, I think there were some games where we were down players and, you know, we didn't lose our cool. We were calm and, you know, we're able to, we're able to finish them off. But I, gosh, I haven't, it's kind of a blur to me, admittedly. Like I don't, I haven't watched footage of either of those matches yet. Um, so I, I can't really speak about any particulars of it. Yeah. That's the thing is like, even, even for me, like for, for as much as I know, like the West teams and the West players, when I play, it's like, okay, so what, what actually happened? Even though I was physically there in the middle of it all, it's, uh, sometimes it's kind of hard to like, remember what, what took place and yeah, the footage definitely helps. But, um, did you, uh, did you have any reaction this time when, uh, when dynasty was taken out versus last, last year or last round? Uh, let's see. So I think we actually were rooting for dynasty this time. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, we we were hoping Dynasty would take out Task Force because, um, you know, we Task Force is right up with us in points. So and Dynasty, you know, after last round was pretty low in points. So we were hoping, you know, Dynasty would beat Task Force, and then, you know, so it would drop Task Force down in points a little bit, and then, you know, we or someone else could you know, handle dynasty. Not today. Yeah. It did not happen that way, <laughs> but that's what like, I remember. That's what we were kind of, you know, that was like the best scenario. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we no, we were actually rooting for dynasty over task force. Quiet. Up in the <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to say Mark today, like, or not today, Mark, that was literally was about to say myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so speaking of that today, I mean, you, you guys went off to face each other uh, for the championships. Um, from what you can recall, like, what was that matchup like? And uh, both Mark and Eric, you guys can kind of chime in on that one. Looks like it was a 4-2 uh, task force. So is there anything you guys can recall from that match? Well, a lot of points were really close. And I watching the game back this, uh, this afternoon, it, there was just, in each point, there was just, like, little swings, like, Obviously, six on six, one catch can be big. So it's like if, if like we make a catch and then counter on our offensive trip down the court with a hit, like that's huge. And there was just little moments like that that really helped us that we never got in the round one championship when we played them, and we're able to we're able to get a bunch of them in this in this uh, round. Was it kind of like what you said with your matchup against uh, Dynasty? You guys were just firing all, all cylinders. You guys were just doing what you're supposed to. Catches were being made when they needed to. Throws were being, they were connecting. Just one of those type of uh, setups for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. For us, we, uh, I think, as we're getting used to playing together better, like I think just we did such a good job of spreading out our offense. I think this round, like, admittedly, I like to go pretty fast sometimes and just like make as many throws as I possibly can. But I tried to be a little more patient this round and pick my spots and try to increase efficiency. And my teammates are very capable and they threw for a lot of kills as well. Nice. So what does this mean for you guys? Um, are you guys tied for first now or do we, do we know what the points are yet? Yeah, we should be tied with them. 
Yeah, we're tied 22-22. The almost opposite Overall. of what you wanted, Eric, from uh, the Dynasty match. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's cool, though, because it's going to set up just – it's going to really set up a great round three, I think. Oh, yeah. So I, I am excited about that because it all comes down to round three for Task Force and Boosh. Absolutely. There's going to be some some drama, I hope, um, some definite um, – yeah, just get just the popcorn some, ready. Yeah, just some big matches. I'm trying to see if I can find the rankings. Uh, again, shout out to uh, Relina for putting this together. If you were the one that did this for the North as well, or whoever's doing this, uh, you're amazing. Um, I think. Yeah, Task Force, Boosh, Kraken. Oh, this isn't Kraken overall. has a chance. <laughs> Kraken could mm-hmm. get it. Now is that like a first, or is that because I, I don't really remember last year where they placed ultimately? But um, we we got fourth last year. Okay. And crazy. Of the three years since like the standings points went out, we placed in the top four twice. It was two fourth place or one third and one fourth, and one year we we missed out on placing. Gotcha. That's awesome. Just uh. The whole consistency in teams, um, just tightening things up, and it's it's starting to show, especially after looking at uh, some of the teams from last year. But um, let's go ahead and get into pinch, and I guess we can kind of start off with the the one theme or element that I've been just kind of waiting until this portion, and that was um, about. And this is your words, Eric. About half the North teams sat on pinch. I think you said that earlier, but when you say the teams, it was is Boosh corruption. Rogue, Kaiju, Task Force, and Blitz. And if I ever was told, you know, four or five years ago, Task Force would sit out of pinch on purpose, I'd be like, what would cause that to happen? Same thing with Bush and, and uh, Corruption. And it just it just doesn't seem like... Um, I really just want to ask, like, what the heck happened? Um, and obviously, you can speak from your perspectives, but um, starting with you, Eric, what was uh, what do you think that was attributed to? You said you're tired of pinch? or it was Well, just- yeah, I think... Well, I think the sentiment they expressed mm. about, you know, oh, I'm shocked that these teams sat out. You know, I think a lot of people around the country share that, but I, like, we're not really that shocked. Um, I think these teams have been tired of pinch for a while. Um, but it's just, that's the, it's just, it's there. That's why we, a lot of us have played it. Take pinches out. And granted, there's a lot of teams that love pinch. You know, about half the region, you know, that's their primary division is the pinch division. Um, so I respect that. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, we're signing up for pinch just because it's there and we're there. You know, we've traveled, you know, we've taken flights. We're in another state and it's like, oh, okay, this is the other division. Okay, I guess we'll just sign up for it. Um, and I think it's just gotten to a point where, there's a core of teams who are just really tired of pinch and um, you know, we've played it. Some of us have really excelled at it. I mean, Bush has played in the national championship match in new Orleans. Corruption was in the national championship match in Boston. Um, you know, it's not like we can't play it or, you know, something like that. We just, we just really want to try something different. And when you say we, you're speaking on behalf of Bush, not the other teams. <laughs> Well, talking to the captains of, you know, these other teams, it is something that we're, 
you know, committed to, to growing like something else, you know, we, we want to do something else, you know? So we've, I mean, crazy. we've organized with Bush corruption, rogue Kaiju task force and blitz. And we've all kind of committed together to try to get a no sting division in the North. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. And um, I'm glad you, you qualify with that. Cause again, I, I didn't want you speaking for other teams, but if you get, if this is kind of like a collective feeling, that's, that's awesome. That, that adds a lot more weight to, to what we're talking about. Cause again, I'm, I'm just so I'm taking it back. I just, North has always been pinch. Like it, it's like the, the pinch capital, right. like the last bastion, like pinch will never fall. And I, I don't want to get right. ahead of myself, but it just, some of the science seem like it's, it, that could be a possibility or it just opens up another division and it doesn't become, what I think, speaking from my own perspective, what you guys are known for, um, that's crazy. It's a crazy thought. Yeah, I think I, it's, it's definitely doable. I mean, we could, we could definitely do a no sting division and pinch at the same time. I don't, I don't see any reason why we couldn't make it happen, you know? Yeah. Well, and this term is only one day, right? I mean, you only have two divisions, so the opportunity's there. I think. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah, just one day. Um, you know, we, we wouldn't want to switch to a second day, you know, we wouldn't want to push pinch to a second day, you know, and at the same time, we don't want to do no sting on a second day. Um, so we'd want it to run, you know, simultaneously the pinch and the no sting division. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, um, you play pinch Rebecca cause I want to know what your thoughts are on this. Um, and, yeah, just what what are, what are your thoughts? Like, do you do you feel the same, or are you like heck no? Or like, what what are your responses to that? Well, being the lone crazy girl that plays pinch, I mean, I love to. I love pinch. That's you know, I did start and play foam for four years before I moved to collegiate and NCDA. So I've seen you know both spectrums of dodgeball. I mean, when I say foam, I mean also no sting as well with it. Right. Um, it was a little bit of both they threw in, but I don't want to see pinch lose its novelty and talking to several of the players during open rounds when they were still around, you know, I asked them, okay, what the heck's going on? Why aren't you guys doing pinch? And a lot of people, it was a similar sentiment, like it's losing its novelty to them. It's the same players all the time that are playing. And I do agree with Eric that I think we do need to add a no sting to keep appealing to the feeder system like UDC players, because we do have a lot of them around here. We do have a lot of Sky Zones, a lot of Sky Zone players and teams that could make their debuts in Elite. But again, like Eric had mentioned earlier, the trans, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The progression Transition. from no sting to 8.5 is a daunting task. It is a, a huge learning curve. Same with going from 8.5 to no sting. And I think if you were to maintain no sting and pinch at the same time, you can appeal to both feeder systems in the NCDA and in UDC. Uh, speaking to several NCDA players over the past couple weeks, I know that there is one definite team that wants to try and get out to round two or round three for their elite debut, and it's all NCDA 
um, kids that have yet to play in elite. And there's another one that's currently in the works and that's just solely new NCDA kids that are waiting to try it. I mean, the NCDA has, as Felix mentioned in your previous podcast, about 900 members right now. And from what I can think of, I mean, Michigan is the founding region of the NCDA. And from what I remember, just in Michigan and Ohio alone, I think you have something like 13 active NCDA schools. And that doesn't even include the Midway League, which is like Nebraska, NIU, DePaul, everything like that. Right. That you're going to have so many, so much of an opportunity. It's just a matter of marketing and recruiting those kids as well, because a lot of those might not have elite teams around them to know and might want to start a team, but don't know how. I mean, Ball State got lucky with Kevin Fry being able to recruit heavily and start for that. And he pulled in some Ball State members. And then you have uh, Wisconsin Platteville, like the Xander brothers that have come out to several elite tournaments and they want to get into an elite team as well that I definitely think pinch still needs to stay there. It's got such a strong hold in the NCDA, but I do agree that you should add it and uh, uh, no sting division to appeal to the rest of the masses because I mean, yeah, there's times I feel tired of pinch too, but I'm never going to stop playing it. You know? Yeah. Pinches pinches definitely has my heart. Yeah, and the only thing I could really equate it to is like just transitioning from 8.5 to no sting and foam, and that's it. There's like 8.5 is gone. And, you know, like you, I started with 8.5. Also, ironically, started with pinch before it was a, a thing. So just giving that up was hard, but like just to kind of give up 8.5 just altogether, that would be hard. And I, I would definitely go out of my way to play in tournaments with 8.5 but at the same time looking at like the bigger picture if it helps elite grow yeah i guess it, that might be the right thing to do and maybe uh, introducing um no sting to kind of help transition udc people to what i call earth ball because you're coming out the trampoline and then eventually getting them to 8.5 if that helps that'd be amazing but it's it's weird and like i've always you know said i'm an old man i don't like change just the fact that north would be moving out of pinch is kind of a weird thought and it's just uh I guess we'll just find out what it looks like, you know, next year and, and what changes are made and if, if those are introduced. But uh, I definitely hear you on the not wanting to give up, like, the the ball or the style you're most passionate of. That's that's really hard to do. Hard to think about. Um, I wanted to ask you, and, and thankfully I know his name now, Peyton, why do you think he is um, – I don't know if I'm speaking prematurely, but why would you say he's a, a success story, like a successful transition from the NCAA – to elite because that's that's one thing that Tyler Greer seems to harp on the most is he he seems to like accuse the NCDA of not doing a good job feeding NCDA players assuming that's what they want to do is they want to move to elite but I feel like I feel like right now at least Peyton might be an exception um I could be wrong again this is my this is my um perspective but why do you think he enjoys elite um why do you think he'll continue to be playing elite why do you think he's like the future and how do you replicate that so, first of all, not to talk, not to call Tyler Greer out here, but I mean, what do you want? These are 19 to 22 year old college kids. These guys don't have the funds in their account to travel and pay these couple hundred dollar registration fees every month or six weeks. They don't have the ability to call off work or get out of class to do things like that. Like, look at Legion. Legion can't make it to rounds one or two due to class and graduation. 
it's hard when you have the elite season starting up when college classes are still in session because these kids can't miss this. Right. Like round one for us was what, March 23rd, I believe, something like yeah. that. And that was yep, good memory. right at the beginning of me having to study for finals. And I mean, we had Michigan State had one of its earliest finals for colleges. We were done by May, but it was literally the last weekend I would have been able to travel without having to study. And I think it's a matter of you want the NCDA to be recruited into elite, but you also need somebody that's willing to do the work to recruit those players into elite. You can't just show them a video and be like, hey, come out. You need somebody to actually talk to them, establish a basis, help them with a recruiting process for a team, talk to them while they're at elite, see what their concerns are with the league because the other way to grow is to find out what you need to fix to do it. Like, so let's say NCDA kids can't make round one for let's specifically speak with the North because the North is too early. Maybe next year have talks about pushing it back just a little later or something like that to try and accommodate to get more teams out because if it would have been on a different weekend, we might've had two, maybe three more NCDA teams come out and try it. But for Peyton, in regards to his success with everything, Peyton is just a purely athletic kid. That kid came into our first practice. Nobody knew his name, but we did by the end of it. We called him a uh, Kentucky dry fit because he was wearing Kentucky dry fit at our first practice. <laughs> nice. And all of the veterans were running around. Did you see this Kentucky dry fit kid? Oh my gosh, he just smoked a veteran. I don't know how hard he throws, but he throws hard. And that was the same with Dennis for us too, which Dennis is uh, from New Jersey. So he hasn't been to our rounds yet, but it was the same way. They approached us and they're the anomalies. They asked us what they could do because they loved it. I mean, Peyton was supposed to play D1 baseball. Uh, stuff ended up not working out with recruitment, decided to just quit his college, uh, end his college career, hopes for that found dodgeball and was like, okay, I want to be good at this. I mean, I'm talking, we were less than a month into him even finding out that we had a dodgeball team and he's going to dinner with Kevin and I and going over a film and asking us questions about what to do for NCDA and what to do for elite. And he picked up the actual, like an actual astounding amount of dodgeball IQ in the first two months because he dedicated himself into it. But you're not going to see a lot of kids like that. I mean, that kid's a success story because he dedicates himself to wanting to do this. He has to be good at things. Peyton does not, Peyton doesn't lose. And I mean, Mark and Eric can attest to this. They know they've seen Peyton when he loses. Peyton's not happy when he loses. He's not taking it well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, granted he's young, but that's the kind of drive you want to see. You want to see somebody that doesn't like losing, that doesn't like being second. And we've kind of found a couple of people also in Jack and in Jacob on our team that are the same way where they came up to us and talked to us about dodgeball and they did things like that. You just need to find kids that are passionate, that want to go forward with it and actually put your time into them. Because if you see promise in somebody, you're, you need to help them. Otherwise, they're not going to know where to start. Nobody knows where to start when they're getting into something. Um, and a lot of kids don't take the initiative anymore. So 
unless if, if they do it great, if not, you know, and you see somebody that you could really mold into a good elite player, you have to take the initiative. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, um, I was kind of inferring it when I said, you know, you're bringing these new players into the fray. We were talking about how you had to replace, I think it was like three, three players from the original roster into this round and two of them, two of them. And instead of saying, screw it, you know, we're not going to make, cause our core guys aren't going to be here or we're going to rebrand our team. Cause we don't want to muddy our, our team brand. We're just going to continue playing. We're going to take these kids under, under our wing. We're going to show them elite. We're going to coach them. And then after the fact, we're going to, you know, say, hey, we didn't really place or finish the way we wanted to, but let's review the footage and let's work on it. Like, so you need, on one hand, you need the kids that, that have that appetite to do well, but then you also have to have the veterans and the experienced players want to nurture that. And I feel like that is something, I, I don't know if Tyler is overlooking that, but when I, when I read what he's saying, and I know it's, it's really simplifying it, there's, there's so much that has to go into right, making that transition. And so, you know, kudos to you for doing that because that is what breeds um, competitors, especially at such a young age. Like that's, I think that's a point that a lot of us are just not looking at when we see, Hey, there's 900 some odd college kids playing dodgeball. Why don't they come to elite? Well, there's so many reasons, but one of the biggest ones is do they have people watching them and looking out for them and bringing them into the fray, so to speak. So that's, that's awesome. And, you know, when I, when I asked, like, how do you recreate that? You kind of just told me. So if anybody's listening on that, like, you just broke down it, the formula right there. And then the other one was these issues that they have. So, like, even, you know, with traveling and having to deal with finals and college, you know, age kid stuff, uh, James Madison, I was looking them up right now, like, they didn't show up and they created a huge power vacuum. And they, you know, they could have taken top three, but they couldn't even show up to an NCDA event. So that just should show you... Um, for those of us that aren't, you know, too privy into NCDA information, like why it doesn't translate into straight elite feeder systems like we would like. So, um, and that's and another thing I'd like to add with that is a lot of these NCDA teams have absolutely zero funding from their schools. Um, at Michigan State, personally, we rely solely on fundraisers. We set up donations from uh, alumni, family, friends, just sometimes random people, but you pay out of pocket for your gas and your travel to and from tournaments, all your food, you pay out of pocket for your uniforms, your dues for the year, court times, um, which, I mean, you guys know how much it costs to set up courts and run tournaments, but you're looking at a group of college kids paying for that. And by the end of the NCDA season, I mean, those college kids are spent like you're looking at a couple hundred dollars throughout the year easily that, for each kid that is, you know, now out the window because they spent it traveling during the regular season and then they come to find out that they could be doing it all year long. But let's say like with elite, you might be flying to a different location and that's pretty much what you spent for the year right there. Never mind the fact that you're, we're asking them to play a different style of dodgeball that they're not necessarily used to. And exactly. Forgive me if I may be so bold, but you know, I think, your average elite player, your average elite team would, I don't want to say mop the floor with a team that is experiencing elite for the first time. Like, yeah, they might get a couple of good wins here or there, but if they're not used to the strategy and the cadence and what to look for when the court is reduced dramatically and when you're reduced to just six balls and six players, it's a really tough sell. And I, I feel like 
Felix gave a really good answer to that whole thread and that question. But you couple that with what we just talked about the last 10 minutes, I think that's your, that's your problem and solution right there is just understanding that it's not all about this linear, you know, high school dodgeball, whatever, NCAA dodgeball to elite. It's way more complicated than that. And I think uh, you brought some really good points. And that was what I was saving. I, I, was, I knew we would get into that the second we talked about it. So that's why I saved it towards the end, towards pinch. But um, before we actually start recapping pinch, um, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that, Rebecca? I think I'm I'm good on that. Yeah, just, I mean, if you see somebody that you know you want in elite or that could be the next face of something or a group of kids that want to start a team, yeah, you might be stretched thin with things, but if you really want to see the sport progress, you're going to have to help out and talk to people and communicate through things because a lot of these people don't know even where to get started or have the resources to get started and they just need a little help. Awesome. Well, Mark, I wanted to ask your perspective on this too. I mean, um, in my mind, you're still a pinch player. So what was, what was kind of going back to the original start of this question, like what happened to pinch? Um, you guys made the decision to, uh, to not play as well. What was the reasoning behind that? Uh, well, my new team and in, in task forces, a lot of the guys have played pinch for a long time, but, uh, only th- half of us were NCDA players. And so I think just the, the, the tie to pinch doesn't go as deep for our entire roster. Uh, I mean, kind of like what Eric and Rebecca said, just, and I'm glad we're all reasonable people. It's like, I think there's room for both like pinch and no sting. Like obviously on, on common threads, you're going to see people trying to like draw a line in the sand. Like it has to be one or the other, but like right. there's, there's room, there's room for both. Like the pinch, the, the NCDA teams that join and want to play pinch, like they're never not going to want to play pinch. And now I think we see, we have a large enough group that also wants to do no sting. And we can, if we can make it work logistically and I'm not in charge of that, uh, and it's, I know it could be a little more work for the people that are, and I respect all that they're going to do for it. But I think there, there's going to be both soon. And that way we can attract, still NCDA players and we can attract the UDC, uh, UDC players with no sting or just other new people who have never played pinch before or, or even 8.5 before who might be a little intimidated by it. I like what you said about we're all reasonable people. Like You guys aren't like the, the freaking uh, Northmen from Game of Thrones where you're just completely in, in, immovable and just so resistant to change. Um, I'm still in Game of Thrones land. I know I made some references last episode, but I'm I'm gonna maybe just make that final <laughs> one. But um, when when Eric said like we could do both, I was like, what? <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that. And I think uh, I think there might be some good change as a result of having only eight pinch teams. And I think, um, like you said, I, I do see a lot of room for both. This is me speaking as not an organizer, so I'm definitely. You know, adding a lot to uh, to Felix and, and Colin and ultimately Mark. But, um, you know, I hope Pinch doesn't die out. I hope it continues to grow. Um, going to that comment, I forgot who made it. Um, watching the final Pinch match with um, was it Dynasty against, um, against Kraken, somebody said, um, is Pinch dying? 
And I was like, well, not by the NCDA. I mean, I just talked to them and they experienced X percent of growth and they're massive. And, you know, Pinch itself isn't growing, but Pinch and Elite might be in a little bit of a, of a tight spot. Um, I almost went for the pun there. But uh, I, think, I, think a, I think there's a solution to both, to still having Pinch, but experiencing the growth that we want to see from the NC, or UDC teams. And just like Eric said, you know, providing that variety and that next level of competition or that next... Um, like venue or arena of competition. All right, so I guess we're going to go ahead and go into uh, to the pinch bracket because I, I definitely don't want to bypass it, but um, I'm pretty sure at this point, Mark and Eric probably guys won't chime in too much. We'll just meet you guys, but Rebecca, let's be mostly focused on you. Um, kind of just want to just go through like your perspective um, with and starting with your first matchup against Notorious. Um, kind of talked about them a little bit in open, but how do they look as a, as a pinch team just from you know playing against them? Like, What can you say about them? I mean, Pinch, they are definitely one of the strongest teams in the Pinch division. They have all amazing All-American Honor NCDA kids that ended up forming together. And they do have one of the hardest pinch throwers, if not the hardest pinch thrower in the league, in Nick Kazerjian, who I think was North like Rookie of the Year last year. Um, but overall, I mean, they do pretty well together in the system that they have. And... I was super happy with our team for being able to pull out that win and give them the first round exit on that because we definitely fought tooth and nail for that. And it was one of the best matchups I think we've had in a while and probably will see in a while. Nice. And yes, I mean, they, again, just from my outside perspective, they, you know, when I think top three, I'm thinking notorious is definitely going to be one of them. Um, and, and that's that's mostly watching them play 8.5 last year at nationals. Like they, they just seem like a team that I think came out of nowhere last year, and they're just they're just solid players and and kind of understand a little bit more about NCDA, like just like the all American aspect of, of an all American team kind of forming together to to join elite is is pretty awesome. And the fact that you guys beat them says a lot about your team. Um, so I guess kudos there. And it, it looks like it was a close match, four to three. Um, and then you guys went on to play against Kraken. What, what was that like? what you can recall um it was just i mean it was a tough matchup um like i said with uh cracking we kind of started oh i mean we had kevin was hurting peyton was hurting so we had to play them essentially down two people from what they fully can do right uh kevin actually sat out toward the end of that uh because of him cramping up he had like both legs cramp at once Ooh. and i'm talking like both thighs and both calves oh, at once so it was it was hard to watch that because kevin you know is our captain he's our voice on the court that everybody's looking forward to call everything and it's he's still yelling from the sides but it's not the same you know having that leader not in the not in his spot on the court telling yeah, you what to do you. but we were we were close for a while we were too too um well, I mean, it was always really close. They ended up just pulling out through it. And, I mean, they're a good team. Uh, Connor Klopchich had definitely taken over a little bit for them in terms of calling out plays and making plays for them. He's one of their hardest throwers. He's their left corner. And he was just picking apart kids. They had Ben T- uh, Tubergen and Aaron Kraft on their right side doing some work for them too. And they had a couple really nice clutch catches that just – it put him over the top and you know once we got to the time we were at frostbite kevin was com- 
completely dead. Peyton was still hurting and we had just, we just couldn't pull out the win. Gotcha. And I mean, it's not like they mowed you guys down. I mean, to, to go into that, that match with, um, you know, you guys, um, guys injured and, and, and your, your captain essentially kind of going down two to four, that's still a pretty good showing. And kind of like what we talked about, like, Oh, I can't wait to see, um, you know, Boosh and, um, uh, geez, I am blanking. Oh, Task Force, like playing against each other. Like, I, I, I want to see like a rematch of this if it happens with your full squad fully rested and, and with a, um, you know, like a, I guess, fully armed Peyton. Maybe maybe some conditioning might yes. help him, like last longer, I guess, or. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. And I also think to note on that, too, another thing that killed us was that notorious match, like I said earlier, took 40 minutes. Um, and we basically had to line up and go straight into playing them. Okay. And to correct myself, because I believe actually now that I'm thinking about it, I said Dynasty earlier, but I meant Kraken. Um, it just, it killed us. I mean, we were out there for 40 minutes just grinding. And then the fact they were like, okay, get a drink. You're playing right now. We were like, what? Already? <laughs> and apparently they'd gone through two other matches and still were waiting for us for another couple minutes before we finally got done. So we were just gassed going into that. And then I'm pretty sure after Kraken, we played, um, I think we played Frostbite right away too. So right into so, your third place match? The, yeah, we went right from 40-minute match into playing Kraken, which was another like 15 minutes into playing Frostbite. Dang. Back, so it was back, just back, almost back. an hour straight. <clears throat> Of pinch, which is, I think, the yep. most intense dodgeball out there. Yeah, uh, that's it's the best, though. Yeah, teach their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's. I mean, again, that's saying a lot for your guys' team and, and your resilience. Um, to go from a forty-minute matchup against Notorious, beating them by one point, seven match or seven games, and then into a six-game match against Kraken to a three three-game match against Frostbite. And, you know, it looks like each one of these could have been anybody's game. It's not like you guys got, again, wiped out. Uh, Two-to-one is super close. Um, I'm really excited for, like, a fully rested, fully recovered Final Justice now, just kind of talking to you and understanding the the story behind the numbers here. Um, oh, yeah. And just like you said, then you do this, um, you, know, you, you go back and you, you review the footage, you, you kind of break down where you guys could have improved and, and where you might have gone wrong and... and it's just curious. Like, it just seems like one of those teams that, that just internalizes everything, good and bad, and just you show up a lot stronger next time, next uh, next round. So I've got a lot to look forward to already. Um, I did want to ask, because I yeah, I think you said, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw you refing the uh, the final match, Dynasty versus Kraken. And by the time I was able to tune in, it must have been either the second to last match or the last one, because all I really remember that stood out was a questionable call. I think somebody was kind of down on the ground and it just looked like the refs were talking about something. So I, I tuned in really late, so I wasn't even able to, to watch that one. But um, what do you recall from that matchup, just from the referee perspective? I mean, those both those teams play with a really high intensity and they're all pretty honest. So they made our jobs pretty easy. So shout out to those guys. Thanks for that. Awesome. Um, but it was just a matter of, you know, like we wanted to make sure we got the calls right. So I think the only thing that happened on that was actually, I think the player that was questioning that we were unsure of whether he got hit or not uh, was the one that 
<coughs> excuse me, actually questioned it. So we just wanted to pull in and talk about that. We did have a stoppage though um, with one of the Kraken players completely dislocating his finger. Uh, so had to deal with that for a couple minutes, which was not fun. But that put about like 10 minutes into time for those guys to um, rest up again and keep going with the point. <laughs> Overall, though, they're, I mean, they're both insanely talented teams. There were definitely plays that went back and forth that, you know, clutch catches on both sides, clutch hits on both sides, and nice counters. And they, Kraken definitely gave them a run for their money, even though, I mean, even though it was 4 2, it was 2 2. At one point, Dynasty just happened to pull the last two out. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it, it ended with a, I want to say, a pretty strong win. Um, like yeah, their last point was pretty strong. I think they had four people on the court yeah, for like the 4B1. last point. But I I think the third point, they were, um, it was like a two, they had two people on for the victory. And that point, it kind of just took off into Dynasty's favor. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely swung the momentum back there because that point beforehand on Kraken definitely stopped uh, that 2-1 on Dynasty because they, they seemed like they were about to run away with it. And luckily, Kraken took that point to give them a quick halt with it. But the uh, point to go up 3-2 for them, they uh, once they got that like two-person on victory, it was pretty good. Nice. And um, so they... They didn't have Jalen for this either, right? They did not. And Kevin, Kevin Bailey actually didn't play for a majority of pinch because oh, he I'm is wondering. still hurting. But he, I mean, that guy's not going to miss the championship match. Right. Yeah, I was wondering if he was, because I, I couldn't see him. He might have been out at the time I, I was able to tune in. But uh, so he did play some of the championship or he played the whole thing? I think he played all but one point just because of their rotation for sitting. Gotcha. But he's definitely not going to sit out for his his favorite style. Oh no! Yeah, that's a it's a hard ask for anybody, let alone the fact that he already sat out round one. So I'd be like, yeah, put me in now. I, I want I want in. Um, that's awesome that they can last. You know, round one play without Kevin, still win. This round, Kevin is is kind of there, not fully recouped yet. Minus Jalen, still win. Uh, that that speaks volumes. And going back to understand the NCDA a lot more, like, um. I, I guess I understand them more. Um, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking I'm getting the region a little bit more and just seeing, you know, Grand Rapids and, and how strong of a program that is. And it's really cool and weird at the same time saying there's a dodgeball program that produces these awesome players. That's a really cool thing that I think the NCAA does. And if Dynasty is one of the examples of, of what to expect when we do get to that point where the NCAA is a good feeder into elite, um, it, it's, it's really exciting. But um yeah, kudos to Dynasty, and um, I think I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. Um, I wasn't sure. Were you able to like notice any other teams at all, or was there anything else that would be worthy of a shout out? Um, at least for the pinch. I mean, I will say Frostbite definitely had a step up from round one for them. Um, I didn't get to watch them too much in pinch for round one. But Frostbite definitely looked a little more put together this time. And they were also dealing with some injuries. So I'm excited to see those guys if they come out fully healthy for round three. Um, other than that, I mean, love playing against Gamecocks and seeing Gamecocks. Great guys. 
I'm excited for this rematch of Notorious and us, though, in round three, if we get it, which I hope we will. It's going to be super intense knowing that, you know, we gave them a first round exit after last time. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the cool thing. Like, we don't really get to see it in round one, but like round two, we can kind of shape out like what the rival teams are going to, for lack of better words, like what the matches I really want to see happen to, to oh, yeah. give, you know, payback for the previous rounds. So, yeah, round three is going to be pretty exciting. Um, I'm sure it'll be here before we know it. But um, so I think that's pretty much what I wanted to cover in regards to Pinch. Um, and thank you, Rebecca, for for being willing to kind of just speak on behalf of Pinch. I know it's like a, it's a tall order to ask anybody to do that. So um, just moving on, I, I kind of wanted to wrap this up with two questions. And the first one is uh, basically an opportunity for for you. And we'll start with you, Mark. Um, just what, what are your like final thoughts? Like I know we opened up with like your you know your overall impressions of round two, but you got two down, one more to go before nationals. What, what are you thinking right now? What are your biggest like takeaways? Uh, I want to reiterate the parody thing. Like just the just the talent that we've amassed in elite so far. Like there's so many new teams over the last couple of years, and they're all getting used to the game and there's rarely any easy games anymore. And that's always fun when, when you get good games. And, and then I just, just from a team standpoint, I'm just, I'm already ready for round three, like being tied in the standing standings points with Eric and the rest of Bush and just seeing if we could try to knock them off the top after last year. Yeah, I'm hoping it, it turns into that. No, nothing against the other teams, but I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing about and seeing um, a uh, a Bush Force Bowl going on uh, for round three. And um, one of the other questions I was going to ask, and I'll hit you guys with this too, Erica and, and Eric and Rip, That's why I'm doing it. That's cool. why. Okay. Anyway, um, in the previous uh, women's recap for West, uh, someone said this is like the year of the catch. It's not official, but I'm just trying to carry that because I, I like that. I like that this year could potentially have a theme. So, like, what, if anything, would you consider 2019 being the year of? Uh, the I would call it the year of trash talk. Oh. I, I think we've, we've seen more of that through the social media platforms and and uh, nodding. <laughs> even even in person, like uh, admittedly, Gamecocks had a very funny post when all the news came out about half the teams not playing pinch and how there was a a weather front of soft coming through. And then uh, to Eric and his team's credit, Boosh showed up with hats that just said soft on it. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! <laughs> which which was wonderful. <laughs> Did you uh, yeah. tell me you guys played them? Um, let's see, Gamecocks. You we did. eliminated them. Yep. <laughs> Please tell me you're wearing the hats when that happened. Uh, I think Cody was. Cody wore his backwards the whole tournament, pretty much. Bless his heart. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we no, we love those guys. They're hilarious. Um, yeah, it was a good time. So the the trash talkings, I I would anticipate or I'd imagine kind of like the meme wars where most of them are supposed to be in, in good humor, and we're not trying to offend oh, yeah. anybody. At least the ones I produced, because I've definitely uh, fanned that fire a little bit. Um, I, I I just think it's fun um, as long as it's fun. Like I, I'm definitely not going out there with the intent to uh, upset anybody. So it's been good trash talk, Mark. 
for the most part. Oh yeah, I don't think there's any animosity there. It's it's all in good fun. <laughs> we all still get along and are very friendly face to face. I think everybody's just willing to uh, go out there and say their piece on social media this year. <laughs> We're all keyboard warriors in the north, apparently. Everybody just trash talks and puts memes out. And then you see each other and you're hugging out and who even knows what. Well, Having a beer you, afterward. You get the ugliness out before the match. That way, by the time you guys get there, it's already, you said your piece and you're just ready to play some dodgeball and enjoy good company, I imagine. Oh, yeah. And then if something happens, you can bring up the meme that you used against them and everybody laughs. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. Um you're the trash talk all right um and going to you eric like what would you say um your your final thoughts are just looking back again two down one more to go what, what do you have to say for yourself with uh with that um really looking forward to round three uh you know task force was you know i thought they just played amazing um at round two um i remember you know, in the final, I, I felt like we just got demolished. Um, but then I, after watching the tape, it was like, oh, okay, we were, we didn't do too bad. We were hanging in there, you know. Um, but at the time, it felt like we were just getting smoked. Um, but they played extremely well. So it's kind of, you know, we, we played really well in the final round one. They played extremely well in the final round two. And so it's building up to, to round three. And, yeah, it would be awesome if it was Task Force and Bush in the final, like, you know, to determine the rings, just like it was, you know, last year it came down to round three, Dynasty and Bush in the final, and that was going to determine the rings. So it'd be pretty sweet to have kind of everything, the whole season riding on one match like that. It's always, as a player, it's just really fun to be a part of a match like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, just looking forward to to round three. I just love that Mark's here. Just probably thinking, no, not gonna happen. Or as he said, not <laughs> no. I respect happen. it because I've got like the reverse thoughts. And I kind of said it already. So yeah, I mean, we're all competitors, and we both know we have the utmost respect for each other. So i I wouldn't want to play somebody else to decide it. I want I want to play them. Awesome. Yeah, same. I think that would be a cool just climax of the season, basically, you know, just having us in the final. Not that I won't be, you know, quietly rooting for any team that's playing you in elimination, but... No, of course not. Me either. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where somebody comes in like me to be like, it'd be a shame if Final Justice finally clicked on all cylinders. Oh, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> True. Well, and I got to give a shout out to Kraken because I think they could potentially get the ring still. Like, I believe it's a small possibility. Because if Kraken or if uh, Boosh and Task Force are just one and done in playoffs and then Kraken wins it all, I could be wrong on the math, but I, I think you're right on that. I, I think they would have the rings. So there's like the underdog inside me that was like, oh man, that would be sweet to see. And with everything that Kraken has been through, like I definitely have to give them a shout out because all the roster changes they've made and then, you know, they're still coming out and competing and doing really well. Um, so I just have to give that team a shout out for just hanging in there and weathering all the changes and still being a dominant team in the North. 
Awesome. Yeah, I like, uh, I hope I remember this. If, if it does happen, I'm definitely going to use that meme. Like a nice nice grudge match you got going on there. It would be a shame if somebody were to uh, intercept it. But Because um, I've been traveling around playing a lot of foam, and I'm just, I'm really seeing WDBF 7-inch foam growing um, around the world. And, you know, foam is becoming more and more popular here in the U.S., and that's awesome to see. Um, it's a little bit sad because I'm getting old and kind of definitely in the end years of my career. So it's happening at a time when I'm probably, you know, going to be not as competitive or not able to compete at a level that I'm used to here soon, but still it's cool to see, um, WDBF seven inch foam growing. Yeah. I'll, uh, I won't say anything. And that's going to fall on deaf ears with all of you guys. <laughs> no, I <laughs> but that's played okay. foam for four years before I came into Elite. I love foam. I actually, like, I've been looking for ways to get into it, but it's Michigan. Michigan is pinch. <laughs> I just can't, can't really wrap my... a foam league. I just can't wrap my head around the thought that there's one day where you're not going to be on a court because uh, I'll have to see it to believe it, Eric. Yeah, I feel good, man. I, I really <laughs> do. I'm taking care of myself, but, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's going to happen someday, you know? Like, I'm I'm past that point where, you know, oh, I'm going to play forever, you know? I'm at the point where I realize that someday it will end, you know? Yep. So, just trying to enjoy it while it's still here. Hopefully that day comes far from now, but uh, for sure, man. And I... Can you say rubber real quick? You want me to say rubber? Yep, got it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit foam now. And put rubber. <laughs> hey, what are you doing, man? It's too late. I already have Flip it. Flip over foam with rubber. Yeah, so it's just gonna be <laughs> off pace and just like completely just wrong. Like the year of rubber, and then like <laughs> anyway. Um, you should totally do that. I think I might, and well, I just have to be like he really said foam, but uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. So how about you, Rebecca? So what are your final thoughts with uh, with round two being done? Um, honestly, I'm just I'm excited for round three. I already started training again. I did not perform well at all that I wanted to. I was just very off on Saturday. And it was, it's been in my head. I've already, you know, watched a decent amount of film. I've already gone back to the gym and started hitting it. Our team started already talking about everything. But that Boosh task force mask match up i am really excited to see um i am I, I am hoping honestly that our team makes it far but i would love to see you guys battling it out for the ship that's gonna be a good one in round three you call it boris bowl for now until you think of a different name <laughs> foosh bowl um and how about your your take on this is the year of I'm going to agree with Mark, for, especially for the North the Year trash talk. I mean, with everybody ragging on heat for the beginning of the year with <laughs> Dynasty, Gamecocks, and Kaiju, and then the Gamecocks Dynasty back and forth. I mean, FJ started posting a little bit, and all of a sudden Gamecocks took a couple shots at us on our <laughs> Facebook, and we were like, oh, we're part of the club now? Like, Are yep. we going to be in this? I don't know if we want to start this war. I think but, it's like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but yeah, this is definitely the year of trash talk. 
positive trash talk hopefully um it's just like it's like world war one just you know there's one assassination one shot was taken and it just everyone's fighting everyone from all kinds of fronts and we don't know whose side we're on and it's just uh hopefully a lot of funny a lot of funny memes are a result but um well awesome guys um i think uh well before i, I wrap up i just want to say um Rebecca, just kind of going back to what we covered with, you know, how do you create more patents? I think you're doing an incredible job doing that. I hope people take away that and realize just be part of the solution. And part of that solution is helping people grow and helping foster that talent after you spotted it. And I think that's incredible. And that's, that's what we, on top of, you know, all the things else we think we need, I think that's what we need the most. We need people to replace us when, you know, heaven forbid that day comes when Eric and people like myself actually do retire. We want to make sure that there's still dodgeball happening um, when we leave. And um, speaking of Eric, uh, welcome back from the injury. It's good to, to see you playing again. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm just really excited for uh, Boris Bowl or Foosh Bowl or whatever's going to happen in, in some capacity. I, I got to see you guys match up again uh, next round. And then, Mark, before I even forget, congrats on taking first. Um, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think um, I think we'll go ahead and just end the interview uh, there. All right, so that was a recap of the Elite Dodgeball North Round Two tournament that took place on Saturday, May 11th. And uh, huge congratulations to Task Force for taking Open 8.5, Boosh for taking second, and Kraken for taking third. And then also congratulations to uh, Dynasty for taking Pinch, Kraken for taking second, and Frostbite for taking third. And also. Uh, Shout out to an honorable mention for Alpha for taking fourth. Um, to be able to come from a UDC background and hop into the arena, so to speak, in 8.5 is no small feat, let alone uh, scoring top four. So I, I really hope that that's something that we'll see more of as we continue to try to utilize Elite to you know welcome the NCDA members and the UDC members and, and try to fill that void and just contribute to the growth of Elite. I know we kind of talked about that with uh, with our discussion on where Pinch is going with the North, um, assumptions made, of course, and also what can help uh, both uh, both Pinch and Nosting grow. But I really wanted to just kind of revisit the whole conversation with it with Rebecca in terms of what it takes for or the difference it can make if a team or player that's experienced brings on um, new players and, and constantly looks for that new talent. There's definitely a lot of people that I can think of off the top of my head that, that do that and that foster new players with the with the idea or the vision of seeing them eventually take their place or take their role and, and helping Elite grow. And I think that's what we need more of. Uh, I know that it's, I don't want to say it's a sensitive subject, but I know it's definitely a topic of uh, discussion when we talk about the so-called linear transition from NCDA to Elite. But there's a lot of stuff that I think we covered between my conversation with Felix when we t- did the NCDA precap and also uh, what uh, Rebecca mentioned from their perspective. So I think between those two points, there's, there's definitely a solution. As Mark said, I, I feel like the North is a very responsible batch of people, and I think a solution is out there, and I think we just need to all work towards it together versus pointing fingers and, and wondering why things aren't the way we want them to be. Um, there's always multiple sides to the story. But anyway, uh, that all being said, thank you so much, Rebecca and Eric and Mark, for, for being on, being up late and helping recap um, and traversing the uh, the time zone change. It's uh, not time zone change, but just the difference between Arizona time and wherever you guys are, somewhere up north. Um, I really appreciate every minute I can get from not only you guys, but just anybody that's willing to to hop on this podcast and talk dodgeball with me, whether it's one-on-one or through a panel. Um time is very precious and I value it immensely and I cannot thank you enough. Um, so that all being said, 
uh, I guess we'll just leave it at that. So if you're still listening, um, please send your feedback per usual. And as always, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Mark and Eric, um, I did want to go into like what I guess would be our closing, and then what I think I'll do is I'll just edit it towards the end, so it it will go into the recap with Rebecca, and then it'll go into the closing thoughts. So we can just record that now, and then uh, you guys can can jet that unless you guys want to stick around for the for the pinch aspect. You will not hurt my feelings if you don't. Uh, yeah, I think good. I'll probably I'll probably duck out. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. I'll back up. Well, that hurt my feelings. I lied, but that's fine. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> Steve, no. <laughs> Steve, no. <laughs>